بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and a warm welcome to Living the Legacy today inshallah we take our legacy lesson from the life and friendship of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companion Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhum. Our guest today is Sister Zina Tsarkot, an integrated learning therapy practitioner, nutritional coach, and comes from a learning and development background. She has a degree in psychology and Islamic studies, as well as many other qualifications, and runs a practice in Roshni Suryanakhan. We talk to Sister Zinat today. Sister Zinat, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam. And so great to have you join us today. Perhaps we could start by asking you for a brief background of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, please. Assalamu alaikum, Aparihana. Jazakallah for having me on your show. So here's a brief background of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhum. His name was Abdullah bin Abu Kuhayfa Uthman bin Amar al-Qurayshi al-Taymi. His lineage is said to have joined with that of Nabi Sallallahu six generations before himself through his father Murra bin Kaab. It was broadly agreed on naming him al-Siddiq, the truthful, for the reason that before Islam he was one of the chiefs of the Quraysh and one of the consultants. He was also very well known for his truthfulness and honesty. In the presence of Islam, Abu Bakr was the first man to respond and believe in the mission of Nabi Sallam. Abu Bakr was born in Makkah in the year 573 CE, two years and some months after the birth of Nabi Sallam. Abu Bakr was brought up by his parents who were of a very, very good uh, nature and thus he gained a considerable self-esteem and noble status. His father Uthman named Abu Kuhayfa accepted Islam in the day of uh, the victory in Makkah and his mother Salma named Umayyad Khair, she embraced Islam early and migrated to Medina. So for a moment here, I just want you to close your eyes and just imagine what he actually looked at. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but this is basically the description that I have found. Abu Bakr was a man of delicate frame and medium height and had a stooping gait. His face was thin with clear cut profile. His complexion was fair, eyes deep set and black. His forehead lofty and nose aquiline. He was a very handsome man. He used to wear his clothes loosely and a turban and carried a white woolen cloth on his shoulders. Um, He had become prematurely gray and he used to use henna to dye his hair. Regarding his morality, he was munificent, courageous, determinate. Um, He had a good sense in intricate stances. He was tolerant, patient, strong-minded. He was a very, very good jurist, knowledgeable on the genealogy and history. Um, He had great trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was devout. He alienated himself from desires, abstaining from the world and willing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings. Abu Bakr, um, in the pre-Islamic society in the days of ignorance, was a very noble man um, from the tribe of the Quraysh and he was very 
very good in his decisions, um, very knowledgeable. So they often uh, sought his assistance in intricate circumstances. He was well known for several qualities. So uh, his genealogical um, knowledge was well informed of genealogy and Arabic and Arab history, so proficient that he was a chief among others in this field. But he was so distinguished with his decent manner that he never disparaged ancestries or revealed plunders. He was a trader before Islam and he traveled to Basra in the land of Sham for trading. He traveled among many countries and he used to spend um, his money quite generously. Uh, generously. Noble-mindedness. Uh, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was remarkably virtuous even before Islam. He made intoxicants forbidden for himself and he answered the one who asked him, have you ever drunk intoxicants before? Um, saying, I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I never did. Um, and he said, well, he was asked why. And he says, I maintain my honor and preserve my dignity. Also, he did not believe in idols um, pre-Islamic time, but he followed the faith of Ibrahim alayhi When he saw someone was in trouble, his heart melted and he did his best to help him out. If his money could remove suffering, he did not care how much he had to spend. Once he gave away 35,000 dirhams out of a total of his fortune of 40,000. He was so honest in his dealings that people kept their money with him. But above all, Abu Bakr had a sincere heart and a firm will. Nothing could stop him from doing what he thought was the right thing to do. So an interesting thing to note, uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, I came across this, across this incident. One of the evil pre-Islamic traditions was the practice of burying baby girls alive. This practice was stopped when Nabi Sallallahu came with the message of Islam. Um, this this pre-Islamic time is commonly known as the era of ignorance because the people lived without the knowledge of values and the principle, principles of Islam. For this reason, the birth of a baby girl was something for a man to be ashamed of. So men thought that sons would bring more honor and prosperity on them. Their families and their tribes, whilst, uh, on their tribes, while girls could potentially bring them and their tribes this honor. Therefore, many men buried their daughters alive. When Abu Bakr and whom heard that a baby girl was going to be buried alive, he would go and negotiate with the father. And he started something that could be called a boarding house um, in today's terms, a place where he put these little girls in the care of women who would look after them while he paid for their maintenance. As a caliph, there were many, many salient features of uh, Abu Bakr and whom, but um, we'll just talk about two significant uh, achievements. One was the spread of the hegemony of Medina of all the Arabs in Arabia, as well as over a sizable portion of those tribes inhabiting the Syrian desert. And under Abu Bakr the Arabian Peninsula became for the first time in history a political unit. So during the short period of his Khalifat, Abu Bakr was able to do great things for Islam that made his name immortal and placed him among the greatest men of all time. There's so much more that can be said about this great man, but Alhamdulillah, this is just a few um, of the features of uh, Hazrat Abu Bakr.
Now that we've familiarized ourselves with that background, Sister Zina, maybe you could take us through how did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu become friends. We all know that they were friends. We know about their friendship after Nubuwa, but tell us more about how they became friends. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Jazakallah, uh, Hafza Rehana, for having me on your show again. Um, question two How did he and Rasulullah become friends? So it has to be mentioned right from the onset that both Nabi Sallam and Abu Bakr anhum had similar temperaments. Both were very kind, they were lenient, merciful, truthful, and honest. Both found comfort in solitude and abstained from drinking alcohol even before the onset of Islam. So Abu Bakr was known as Siddiq, the truthful. The Arabic word Siddiq implies more than a lack of deceit. It indicates a person in a constant state of truthfulness, one who recognizes the truth and adheres to it. The word Siddiq implies truthfulness to oneself, around oneself, and most importantly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this alone should tell you um, what correlations there is between Nabi Sallam and Abu Bakr Siddiq. From Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum's early years, he was known for his good and upright nature. He was honest and truthful and came from a very noble family. These things won him respect among the people. His goodness always won him the friendship of the young Nabi Sallam. And the two became fast, uh, became friends fast, uh, very early on in their boyhood. The friendship was to prove lifelong and history making. And it's also said that they would go on certain missions together on trade. So when he, radiallahu anhu, became of age, he became a cloth merchant, a cloth merchant. Um, and he was a close friend of Nabi Sallam um, in that time. And according to Aisha, radiallahu anhu, the daughter of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, um, it is said that they loved near each other during, uh, and this was probably the time during he, Nabi Sallam's marriage to Khadija, radiallahu anha. And after her demise, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum would visit Nabi Sallam regularly. Um, and, I, and this also strengthened their bond even more. Okay. The Holy Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was also married to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum's daughter, Hazrat Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. Um, a further um, indication of the impact of their friendship, um, the trust involved, the loyalty. During the last pilgrimage of Nabi Sallam, um, he fell very, very ill um, and he instructed Hazrat Abu Bakr um, to lead the daily prayers and he trusted him that much. Um, Abu Bakr was also one of the ten blessed ones to whom Nabi Sallam um, had given clear tidings that they had been rewarded uh, they will be rewarded paradise. Um, after the sad demise of Nabi Sallam, Hazrat Abu Bakr um, was elected as the first Khalifa. He had to deal with an extremely difficult situation uh, that developed due to the sudden demise of Nabi Sallam. And also this was a very, very difficult time for him. Um, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha uh, reports that there were many occasions where he could be seen very, very sad um, for the loss of his best friend. 
I think the best way for us to imagine or envisage the type of uh, friendship they had was by looking at the words of Nabi Sallam. Nabi Sallam continuously expressed his love and respect to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum um, and said that he was his closest companion. Um, if I had taken anyone as my closest friend, Khalil, I would have taken Abu Bakr, but he is my brother and companion, said Nabi Sallam. We understand that the concept of the closest friend using Arabic, the Arabic word Khalid is mentioned in the Quran in reference to, to um, the Prophet Ibrahim al-Islam who is described as the Khalid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That highly revered status of friendship signified in this word was something the Bishwaslam reserved for his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, if he were to select any of his companions to be his closest friend, um, something he said something to this effect that it would definitely go to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum. So if we had to look at how these two um, became friends, it basically is narrowed down to their characteristics, their good characteristics that attracted each other um, to this friendship. Shukran for, for taking us through that. Um, Perhaps I could ask, what were some of the main ways in which Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu supported uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, please? Jazakallah for having me on your show again. Um, let us now look at some of the ways in which um, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu uh, supported Nabi Sallallahu There are many, many instances and many uh, reportings of Incidences where he he supported Nabi Sallam, but I will just be discussing a few. So Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum loved Nabi Sallam so much and so dearly that even after his demise, he still took extreme care to carry out the wishes of Nabi Sallam um, in his time as a caliphate, as a caliphate. Um, he was the first among the men to confirm the truth of the claim of Nabi Sallam, and thus he earned the title of uh, Siddiq. And throughout his life, he remained fully devoted to the service of Islam. He could always be seen at the side of Nabi Sallam, and it didn't matter whether it was a mission of peace or whether it was for the sake of war. And Nabi Sallam always, or there were lots of incidences where he sought um, the counsel of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum for any matter or where advices were needed. He was in the company of Nabi Sallam during Nabi Sallam's hijrah from Mecca to Medina and he was the only companion of Nabi Sallam in the cave of Tud where they both took refuge during the journey. He always tried to surpass others in uh, financial sacrifices and he used his wealth for Islam. Once for the Battle of Mota, Nabi Sallam was in need of uh, financial contributions. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhum presented half of all of his belongings, while Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum uh, brought all that he had in his house to Nabi Sallam and it was used for this battle. Uh, there were also many incidences where Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum um, during the period before uh, the revelation, a lot of the Muslims, a lot of slaves were tortured or victimized during this time. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum would often use his wealth to buy these slaves and actually free them, subhanAllah. Okay. 
Let's look at the incident of Hijra. The Meccans were intent on putting out the light of Islam. Um, and Allah commanded, Allah commanded uh, Nabi Sassam to move to Medina. In the burning heat of the midday sun, um, there was a knock on Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu's door. And the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa entered um, after everyone had left the room and he told Abu Bakr, I must leave for Medina tonight. Will I also have the honor of going with you? asked Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Of course, Nabi Sallallahu replied, get your things ready. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was beside himself with joy. I have been looking forward to this day for months. I have kept two camels specifically to carry us to Medina. It was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu who made all the arrangements for this historic journey. And for three days, he and Nabi Sallallahu lay hidden in the cave of Tur. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum's slave tended flocks of goats near the cave all day and supplied them fresh milk for food. His son Abdullah brought news about the Meccans, what they were doing, and the Meccans were searching for the Prophet like made hounds at this time. Once they came right to the mount of the cave, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum was grew pale in fear, and but not for himself but for Nabi Sallam. Nabi Sassam assured him not to fear and said to him, certainly Allah is with us. Of all the companions, Abu Bakr had the honor of being with Nabi Sassam during those most critical days of his life. Abu Bakr knew full well what his honor meant and did full justice to trust um, and put his trust in Nabi Sassam. During the time that they were in the cave, there was also an incident where... um, there was a hole um, in the cave wall and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum placed himself in front of this hole so that Nabi Sallam wouldn't um, come to any harm or anything like that. Um, there were so many other incidences and this incident is absolutely beautiful to read um, and I do advise the viewers to actually get hold of um, any of the books that are available and actually have a read and how beautiful this incident was. Now let's look at the event of Miraj. The following day after the miraculous event, the Prophet spoke about it. This was a test for the Muslims because from an earthly point of view, such an event cannot be explained by human reason. And so those who were weak in their faith, they doubted and they questioned Nabi Sallam. The true and strong Muslims found nothing unusual in it, um, in that Allah granting his uh, Nabi a miracle as they believe that he is all powerful and created um, all there is by an act of his own will. So they fully believed in what Nabi Sallam had to say. However, this was a difficult time though. The non-Muslims ridiculed and they questioned the truth of the night journey. They went to Abu Bakr anhum to see his response to this event. And when Abu Bakr anhum was asked about it, he asked if the Prophet Muhammad had said this had happened. When they answered in the affirmative, then Abu Bakr simply declared that he did indeed verify whatever Nabi Sallam had said is true. It was due to this response uh, on this very important day that Abu Bakr earned the title of a Siddiq. Abu Bakr knew that prophets received Allah's signs to establish their faith and he did all he could to help his friend, the Prophet Nabi Sallam, to carry out his mission in the service of Allah SWT. SubhanAllah, going back to Miraj, uh, one very, very important point is that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum had to basically leave his whole, his entire family behind. 
um, and he, he put his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and supported his Khalil uh, during this time. So their friendship was absolutely amazing. These are just but a few incidences uh, between Nabi Sallam and Abu Bakr and how he supported Islam and how he supported the Nabi of Allah. Shukran, shukran for that. And that leads me to the next question. When we look at Seerah, we learn in depth about um, personalities and circumstances, situations that happen. What would you say when it comes to the friendship of Rasulullah and Abu Bakr Siddiq? What were some of the distinguishing features of their friendship? Jazakallah for having me on your show again. Uh, what were some of the distinguishing features of their friendship? Goodness is attracted to goodness and comprehends it. So it is not surprising that Abu Bakr befriended the Prophet of Nabi, uh, the Prophet Nabi Sallam, as he perceived his innate piety and thereafter never hesitated to follow the Prophet until his last prayer. Um, so, but they both actually when, uh, knew each other from boyhood, alhamdulillah, and um, they were both known to have similar characters, and this is the way they both watched each other and eventually, eventually became friends. Uh, both were traders and both conducted their affairs with honesty and integrity. Both Nabi Sallam and Abu Bakr anhum avoided vices and corruption that abounded in the pre-Islamic Arabia, and both avoided idolatry. They recognized each other as kindred spirits and stuck up a lifelong friendship. So what did the Prophet system say about Abu Bakr? The Prophet system said, if I were to take a Khalil, so a Khalil is a close friend, I would have taken Abu Bakr but he is my brother and my companion in Islam. And I explained this terminology in one of the other questions about Khalil. Three years younger than Muhammad sallallahu Abu Bakr um, was the closest friend of the Prophet of Islam. And like the Prophet Islam, he never worshipped idols even before Islam. He followed the religion of Ibrahim al-Islam, known in Arabia as Hanif. Of all the Nabi Sallam's companions, Abu Bakr had the honor of being with the Prophet during the most critical days of his life. Abu Bakr knew him well, what his uh, honor meant and did full justice to trust, him, um, trust in him. After Nabi Sallam's passing, Abu Bakr was chosen as the Khalif. He served only for two years, three months and then uh, ten days before he too passed away. During this short period, Abu Bakr was able to create things for Islam that made his name immortal and placed him amongst the greatest men of all times. Um, you will also remember, we also spoke a little bit about this. Abu Bakr was there for Nabi Islam through his most difficult times um, when he lost his beloved wife, Khadija. He used to visit him often uh, to give him solace and to keep him strong, um, right? And then just as Abu Bakr was there for Nabi Sallam, Nabi Sallam was there for him. As an honest friend, he spoke the truth to him and guided him to good. There was an incident where Abu Bakr lineage was being taunted at um, and he kept on keeping quiet 
and Nabi Sosum kept on smiling at him until the third time when eventually he couldn't handle it anymore and he retaliated and Nabi Sosum walked away. After this incident happened, Abu Bakr came to Nabi Sosum and spoke to him and said, but O oh, Nabi of Allah, um, every time they taunted me up until the third time, you kept on smiling when I kept quiet. But why when I tried to defend myself, um, you know, you, you walked away. So. Uh, Nabi Sassam very, very gently explained to him that um, in all the times that he didn't retaliate, that the angels were there beside him, protecting him. But um, as soon as he took matters into his own hands, they went away. So explaining to Abu Bakr anhum how to have um, you know proper character and how he could have managed that situation. Then there was another incident where there was a small misunderstanding between Umar anhum and Abu Bakr anhum. Nabi Sassam never took any sides but gave each side equal chance to explain the situation and alhamdulillah this very very small misunderstanding was cleared up and it was actually nothing. And then the Hijra incident, when they were in the cave of Tud, um, and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum feared for Nabi Sallam's life, and he was very unsettled. Nabi Sallam calmed him down by talking to him and speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how, um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would protect him, and that he needs to put his full faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like that, there are many, many, many incidences where, you know, just as Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was there for Nabi Sallam, Nabi Sallam was equally and more there for Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and the rest of the Sahaba. Shukran, shukran for that. Uh, Sister Zainab, what aspects of the friendship of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq can we model? And... My second question about this would be, how can we implement this then in our own lives? Jazakallah for having me on your children. Um, what aspects of their friendship can we implement in our own lives? Um, to be absolutely honest, I think the most important thing that I've learned uh, from doing research on these two uh, very beautiful um, characters of our, our Islamic past um, is that they both were, they strive to be good people firstly. So besides for friendships, I think within yourself, it's so important to strive to become the perfect, try and be as perfect as possible um, in your deen um, and towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think that they alone would attract uh, good. Like as we say, good attracts good. And then I go back to the hadith again where Nabi Sallam um, said that you will be amongst the teen of your your friends. So as human beings, I think we need to look at which dean are we following and how are we following that dean. So once again, it comes back to improving yourself um, as a human being. So, um, to be as honest as Nabi Sallallahu was to himself, first of all, to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, to the Sahaba, um, and them to him. And that in all of this, he used to take counsel in, um, from Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum used to be honest and trustworthy um, and could tell Nabi Sallam the truth. Um, we need to, I find that honesty is such um, a lacking component in our lives these days. Um, a lot of the times if we do have friendships or relationships with people, uh, a lot of the truth is hidden and or sugar-coated. 
you know, to look a different way and to come across in a different way. But I think in order to change ourselves and help the next to change themselves, because we will be in the religion of our friends, is that we need to be honest towards them. Um, be able to tell them something, even if it means that it's not going to be taken well, because your intention is that this person, um, you know, can change also, can be, be the better versions of themselves, the best versions of themselves. Um, to be trustworthy. To keep information confidential, I think that is so, so important, especially in the generation we're in. With social media and everything that's going on right now, I think when it comes to trustworthiness and confidentiality, that is totally lacking. Um, if somebody comes to you and speaks to you about something that's so important and close to their heart, um, and you can try and help them, then please go ahead and try and help them, but please do not disclose that to the next person unless it becomes life-threatening or um, it's something that could cause this person harm. But once again, if you're not sure about it, you should actually go to an ulama that you trust and discuss this information with them perhaps um, so that they can help the person. Otherwise, it is so important to keep inf information confidential. To be just, equal and fair, as Nabi Sassam was at all times, he never ever showed favoritism, even between his beloved wives or his closest favorite companions. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum, an example going back to the incident with Umar radiallahu anhum where um, Umar radiallahu anhum greeted Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum on a day and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum was so absorbed in whatever was disturbing him that day that he didn't respond. So um, Umar radiallahu anhum actually thought that he was upset with him and he went to Nabi Sallam and said, you know, that Abu Bakr was so rude to him, like he greeted him and he didn't respond. So Nabi Sassam never took anybody's side, but what he did was he brought the two of them forward and, you know, in a closed environment, and they discussed the incident. And what actually turned out to be was that Abu Bakr was having such a bad day that day. He also had been afflicted with something that was happening in his business or his family. So he was so absorbed in that moment that he actually didn't even hear Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum greeting him, nor did he see him at that moment. So alhamdulillah, this matter was resolved and it was just a mere misunderstanding. But had Nabi Sosam not kept it confidential, first of all, it could have been blown out of proportion. Um, other people could have heard about it, added their own information about it, and these two wonderful close companions could have been at loggerheads over something that was just nothing at all. So it is so, so important to be just, to be equal, to be fair, because this is what it causes a lot of uh, misunderstandings um, in friendships, especially if there's more than one person in a friendship. To be present and there for your friend every day. So to be, how can I say, open and be there for them and just be able to help them through their difficult times. And as, like I said, this is the test of your friendship. Um, when you go through a difficult time, you need to look around you and see who are the people in your circle. Um, are they actually able to assist you? And I think in this day and age, that's totally lacking. Everything is so superficial um, because we all just worth certain people because of their status or their income. Um, and it doesn't come down to having good values, um, like being around the 
uh, ulema example is so so important because inshallah you in Jannah you will be amongst those who you love so this is something very very important to think about um, and then Nabi Sallam was the most perfect person and they can't be any after him so we need to be like Abu Bakr was to him and he was to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum. Uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum believed in his word. Uh, when Nabi um took the shaha uh, or told uh, people about the one Allah, uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum did not um, even take time to decide on anything. He just took the shahada immediately and believed in the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so these are all very difficult things, I think, for us, especially in this generation. Um, but like I said, it's so important to come back to us as a person first, because do what you are is what you're going to be reflecting out into the world. So start off with yourself first, and inshallah, good will be attracted to you. Shukran, shukran for an insight. Sister uh, Zinal, what lessons can our youth learn from the friendships of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq? And what sort of qualities should one be looking for in a friend from a young age? Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah for having me on your show again. So question six, what lessons can the youth learn from their friendships and what sort of quality should one be looking for in a friend from a young age? I think this is a very pertinent question, especially in the times that we are living in and with our generational um, influences in uh, children being exposed to social media and, you know, having televisions and all sorts of channels. Um, I think it's very, very important that we start to teach them about the Sahaba and model our own lives around them as well. I mean, there's so many um, lessons that can be learned from them. So there's one hadith that comes to mind, um, reported by Abu Hurairah to this effect, Nabi Sallam said, a man is upon the religion of his best friend, so let one of you look at whom he befriends. A man is upon the religion of his best friend, subhanAllah. What more can we say? So, some of the values, um, you should choose friends who exhibit good character. Choose your friends based on their values, not their status in society. Um, as can be seen these days, especially on social media platforms like um, Instagram and Twitter, or TikTok for that matter, um, a lot of the people or a lot of this generation would hold somebody who has um, a lot of followers, example, in very, very high regard. And the personal might, uh, person might not have um, a lot of good values. So it's very, very important. Choose friends who are dependable. Choose friends who will stand by you and guide you when you need it. Um, and I think that's the true test of any friendship is when you're going through a difficult time to look around you. Uh, who are the people there? Is it the same person that has been with you right through or where are they? Um, it's very, very important to, to be in touch with people who are dependable, who will be there for you and who will give you good advice, who will be able to tell you the truth about yourself. Uh, choose friends who give good counsel. As in Abu Bakr radiallahu um, anhum and Nabi Sallam towards each other. So here's some a few pointers that I felt were quite interesting um, and due to read up. 
think when we are teaching youngsters about friendship, uh, we should be teaching them about these superheroes. Uh, so inshallah, we'll be going through them now. So Abu Bakr was the first person to believe in uh, the Prophet prophethood apart from his own family. Uh, he didn't question the Nabi of Allah or waste time doubting whether his friend was telling the truth. He only said, I believe. How beautiful is a friendship that has such faith? But also, once again, just looking at the character of Nabi Sallallahu um, you know, he, he was basically in this position where there is no doubt when it comes to him. Okay, uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum accompanied Nabi Sallallahu in his hijrah to Medina and he protected him from all sorts of danger. Um, like I discussed in, a, in, a, in another point, there was even a point where there was a hole in the cave and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum put himself um, against that part of the cave so that it would block um, anything from coming into the cave. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he was actually burdened by a snake in that event. But he did everything he could possibly to protect Nabi Sallam. Right? Um, we discussed the incidents of people coming to tell Abu Bakr um, bad things about Nabi Sallam and how he quieted them down. Um, we also looked at many cases where he defended Nabi Sallam in Nabi Sallam's absence. Uh, example, the whole incident with Hijra. They had a friendship since boyhood. These friendships stand the test of time. So they knew each other and then remember also um, their friendship was based on, on values. Um, they both watched each other for their values and decided that this was the type of people uh, or person that they would want to be friends with. Um, what was the role of Abu Bakr after Nabi Sallam's uh, passing? Um, he carried out the Prophet Sallam's message and stood strongly to hold uh, the Ummah together. Uh, there was different ways he advised Nabi Sallam and he helped him in his work. The duties of a friend are to advise, to guide and to listen, be a sounding board. Um, and there are going to be lots of times where whatever you need to be saying might also be something that might be hurtful to the person. But in the long run it will probably save them from a lot of difficulty. So that's the type of friends that we need, people that are honest. The difference in status, alhamdulillah, between Nabi Sallam and his best friend. So Nabi Sallam was of a poorer background and the other was of a rich man, uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum. But how he helped Nabi Sallam with everything that he had, using all of his finances, um, you know, being a good friend, uh, giving Nabi Sallam good counsel, giving him good advice, but likewise, Whatever Nabi Sallam did for him, Nabi um, whatever he did for Nabi Sallam, Nabi Sallam also did for him. So this friendship was also both ways. Alhamdulillah. So we need to show our children who to actually model, and especially in this generation, like I said, there's lots of superheroes out there, lots of movies with all sorts of characters. But actually teach them about the Sahaba, you know, start uh, sharing um, information and put it in a beautiful way for them so that they can actually learn, inshallah. Abu Bakr anhu was a just leader and he was an honest businessman as well. Sister Zinan, what other lessons can we learn and implement in our daily lives? Zazakallah for having me on your show. Abu Bakr was a very just leader and a very honest businessman as well as, as a family member, um, as well as a friend. Um, 
as well as in other relationships that he had with other people. What other lessons can we learn and implement in our daily lives? Let's have a look at that. Um, so Nabi Salaam and Abu Bakr who shared a very, very close uh, friendship, very, very close relationship where they were basically almost never apart. However, Abu Bakr did regularly travel to Sham and um, other surrounding areas for business as well as uh, to take care of his own families. And Nabi Salaam never, ever stopped him or the Sahabas. He fully accepted and supported their efforts to earn. And he encouraged us as well. From this, we learn uh, the importance of balance. That, and I think it's so critical as well, um, in any friendship for that matter, um, that you need to be around each other at times, but then you also need space. Um, each one of us is an individual. Uh, we have extended families, uh, whether we are you know, in a, have own, our own children or whatever the case is. So they also need to have that, we also have need to have a balance in our relationship and a, a balance in everything else that we do. So the Sahaba wanted to be with Nabi Sallam and be in his company all the time, but they also spend time away to earn risk and to support Islam, subhanAllah. Um, and I think that's so, so important to always note is that the balance and moderation for the type of relationships or the time spent with people. Uh, we also need to earn livings, we need to take care of our families. Uh, there are so many responsibilities that need to be done, uh, for example. Okay. So, another very, very important point to note is that amongst the youth of that time, there were frolics and frivolities, um, those very, very common, you know, misbehaviors. But Abu Bakr was very different. Um, and he was a lot like Nabi Sallam. Um, I know in many occasions when, you know, Nabi Sallam was young, he'd been called by other boys uh, to partake in sport or to partake in other sort of events or whatever. And if Nabi Sallam never felt comfortable with it, he always turned it down or made some sort of excuse. And with Abu Bakr radiallahu and whom it was exactly the same thing. He had a very, very disciplined life. Once he was asked if he had drunk wine in his, in his days of ignorance, and he he said he had never touched the wine because he wanted to keep his reputation and respectability. This shows that he enjoyed a good reputation and res respectability even before Islam. So, especially in this in the day and age with, you know, all sorts of things that are going around, um, all sorts of things that we are all uh, exposed to, it's not only the, the young ones. Um, we need to understand that there is such a thing as your reputation or, you know, being aware about your reputation, uh, keeping respect for yourself as well as for others. Um, if you don't know yourself, how would you know Allah? So very, very important. So Abu Bakr did not receive a formal education as many other Arab men did, but he was a very, very keen observer. Um, he was continuously observing what was going on around him. He had an extremely good memory. He could recite verses if he had heard them only once. He attended many political events. So a very, very critical lesson over here is observation and continuous learning. Um, and the ability to be able to use new skills uh, or develop new skills, which Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum uh, did show. Um, when Nabi system went into his Nabuwath, he was in his 40s already, so Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum was in his late 30s. 
And a lot of people in this day and age would say, no, that would be, um, I'm too old to be able to learn anything new or anything like that. But look at the Sahaba. A lot of them were much, much older, in their 50s or 60s. And they were still, alhamdulillah, still learning Quran and, um, you know, trying to learn new skills. Uh, you know, participating in battles or whatever the case is, or earning anything to be able to uh, to help the cause of Islam. So, continuous learning and skill development is a very, very important pointer that we can implement in our lives. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum traveled to different countries including Abyssinia, Yemen and Syria. These business trips brought him a lot of wealth, experience and broadened his outlook on life. He became one of the richest businessmen of uh, Mecca. But he was very hardworking. He was generous. He was friendly, truthful and committed. He had a lot of influence amongst his friends and acquaintances. But as a trader, he was always fair. He never deceived people. He would visit the sick. He gave alms to the poor. Subhanallah. Um, so this shows us that hard work, being honest and truthful, generous and friendly, truth and committed, will inshallah get us to where we need to be. And I think in this generation, that's what we, we're losing um, to emphasis in. And something truly remarkable, while Abu Bakr was still young, he volunteered for an office which decided the blood money for the kilo injured. Um, it was like a judge or magistrate's office in, in simple terms. Um, he always satisfied both sides with his fair decision, subhanAllah. Um, and that day is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, to be objective and to be fair in every decision. So that is something that I would also take for myself, inshallah, to implement in my life. But these are just a few of the amazing um, uh, realities about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Jazakumullah khair for that. Um, it will bring me now to my final question to you and that is to ask you to please say any of your final words on this topic of the friendship between Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So, Jazakallah for having me on your show again. Last words on this topic. I think very importantly I'm going to go back to parents um, and I think the difficulty comes in the way children are being reared these days and what they're being exposed to um, and I've already tipped on social media, uh, TV um, and the trends going around. What we really need to do is to start to implement the education um, of information on our Sahabas, on Nabi Sassam. Example, you, you, a lot of parents take their children to watch movies and things like that with superheroes. And these are so materialistic and non-fictional characters. So it's so important to look at what your child is being exposed to um, on their screens. Um, and especially when they, they, they're not in your presence. Uh, we need to create a culture around our heroes, you know, our Sahabas, um, because that way, at least, inshallah, we as as adults and uh, we can teach our children, um, you know, talk about stories, find maybe. I understand everybody uh, is so busy these days with work, and um, even for moms at home, housewives, it's difficult. There's a lot of work being done, and it's drop-offs and pickups. So find some time in the week, maybe at least three to four times a week where, alhamdulillah, you pick up the fazaile amal and maybe have a little bit of a small 
Stalin session, make it interesting, you know, add some popcorn, get some, some goodies, you know, just really, really, really get into this family time. So moms and dads, it's very difficult and I know that a lot of us do bring our work home, but maybe just for that 15 or 20 minutes, few times a week, put away all of your screens, your laptops, your phones and all of that kind of thing and really just get down into, um, you know, talking about the Sahabas, sharing stories about them. For me, Alhamdulillah, it was absolutely awesome. You know, I've heard so many stories of Nabi Sallam, I've heard so many stories of the Sahaba, but now having to go in again and, you know, refresh my memory and refresh um, and my education on them and, and learn so much more important things that I hadn't known about their character, subhanAllah. So this is very, very important that, you know, we get in touch with our roots again. You know, we set things aside. Even if it's not four times a week, even just two times a week. Um, so take away all that bed, um, bed stories or sleep stories, whatever that you use for uh, before your kids go to bed, you know. And if it's anything that's just about Disney and all sorts of other characters, get rid of it. And rather find, I mean, there's lots of nice, interesting books that are written at a, a child level. You can read those to your children every night, especially with your toddlers. Um, I think, subhanAllah, the, a lot of these kids only start getting to know about the Sahaba and about Dini and that for most of them um, at the age of four or five when they need to go to Madrasa. But it should actually be done from baby because you are, you know, inculcating such beautiful values already at that point. So, inshallah, I'd just like to leave you with that and uh, hopefully we can take this forward and inshallah we can all learn from the Sahabas. We wish to thank Sister Zina Turkot for her time and her research for today's topic on the friendship between Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and the beloved of Allah, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullah khair, Sister Zina Turkot, for that. And we look forward to having you on in future programs as well. That brings us to the close of this week's edition of the program. I hope it's left you with plenty of food for thought about your legacy that you hope to leave behind. And remember, our seerah is a wonderful starting point to discover your very very own legacy, insha'Allah. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.